Was The X-Files a documentary? Should we be buying gold for when democracy crumbles? All these questions you can find the answer to on this episode of This Paranormal Paranormal Life. Hey! Welcome back to the podcast. It is Tuesday once again. You are listening to your favorite paranormal podcast in the whole wide world. You're being joined by myself, Kit Greer, this guy, Rory Pars. How are you doing today, Rory? Hello, hey. That's paranormal code for hello. That's some pretty deep shit. If you guys thought one right over your head, it did mine, to be honest. We'll ask Rory about that at the end of the show. Try deciphering that, you CIA asterds bay. This Paranormal Life is the podcast where every week we dissect a different paranormal tale, claim, or beast and get to the bottom of whether it's true or false. As always, we are going to dive right in to today's investigation. I love that for once there's a podcast on iTunes that gets straight to the point. You know, if you're hiking up in the Himalayas and the Yeti pops up mm. out of nowhere, you don't go, oh, hang on a second. Kit, how was, how was your week? How are the family doing? Pretty you know? bad, actually. You sucker punch that bad boy oh. in his frosty snowballs and hope he drops fast enough to net him. That's right. This podcast is maybe registered in the entertainment car- category of right. uh, iTunes. This is actually education. This is borderline survival tactics. Exactly. exactly. There was no category. Uh, so we're just going to invent our own category for iTunes called bestiality survival. Man v. Beast. We had to petition hard to get that added to the drop down menu. You, you don't want to know what those sick f- thought it was. <laughs> I digress. Our story begins at Villa Mondragon in the hills of Castelli Romani, wow. Italy. A region known for its many castles and villas. At the Mondragon, popes throughout history would stay there. This venue was so important that the calendar itself, the calendar that we use today as a civilization, the Gregorian calendar, was decreed there to be used across the world. Wow. Even my calendar? Like the one with the sexy fireman on it? Especially the sexy fireman calendar. These were lonely priests. It's actually a fun fact not many people know, but sexy calendars, sexy novelty calendars were actually invented before the regular calendar. Yeah. They were desperate, horny times. Exactly. You don't even want to see the Mayan calendar. (laughs) That thing is borderline just porn. Borderline not suitable for Mayans. (laughs) Mondragon was steeped in hundreds of years of Western history before, in the 1800s, the papal establishment abandoned it, leaving it to a group of Jesuits who resided there for almost 100 years. The Mondragon required massive upkeep because of its size. The Jesuits struggled to finance the maintenance of the building, and at the turn of the 20th century, they had no choice but to sell some of the villa's history to stay afloat. See, this is the problem, all right? What you have is you've built this giant calendar factory in a date where people don't give a crap about time. I guess that's true. These are the olden days. You know, imagine going to someone and, and, you know, you're you're sitting in your carriage on the way to to the town Mm. and you're like, thank goodness it's Friday, right? And Craig turns to you and goes, what the f*** are you talking about? (laughs) We just made up uh, days. What's a day? <laughs> these be- these are like angry, stuck in their wow. way people. You know, just they think, don't care. Just think how chaotic it was before the calendar was invented. Right. You know, there was no like, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so what, what, what are you up to uh, tonight? What's a tonight? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Life was just one 24-7 struggle in the, the 
pitch of night. Exactly. Trying to goddamn gather berries to survive or some shit because you didn't know you could just leave gathering berries till the sun came up again you didn't know if the sun was going to come up again ever going to come up again also you don't know what breakfast is lunch or dinner you're starving your skinny little caveman ass off you're, you're hungry as shit but is it time to eat you no idea no idea no idea you've heard that you don't want to eat three hours before bedtime right you don't want to carb load pre-bed but you don't know what <laughs> bedtime is so your overweight ass is now sleeping on a pile of grass midday because you don't know when night is. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. So that's the problem. These people don't care about calendars. No one's going to buy them. The castle's going to get run down. You're not going to be able to fix it. It's true. It. You know, um, this was before Rolex invented a stylish way of keeping time. Right solid gold massive obnoxious watches exactly that really spoke to people's uh, interest in time unrelated but if you want to support us the patreon link will be in the description and just yeah just throwing that in there yep we have an affiliate link for rolex so if anyone's thinking of picking up a roly use uh coupon code paraswag that's right they had to sell some of the villa's history just to stay afloat and of course, this news was like a drop of blood in a pool of sharks for collectors of the obscure and esoteric. And one great white went by the name of Wilfred Voynich. Voynich was a Polish book dealer. He opened his first bookshop at One Soho Square in London in 1898. Wow. Do you know Soho Square? Yeah, I used yeah. to work there. Really? Well, near, near there. Yeah, it's got like the, if people have been to London, been to central London, they might have stumbled across it. It's that kind of square park with the very, very ancient looking kind of house in the middle. Yeah. And he was at number one, selling his rare and obscure finds. He had a curious gift for finding rare books. On one mission to Italy, he even found a Malermi Bible, the first Italian Bible created in the 1400s good god this is a photo of mr voynich in his bookshop listeners you can find this image in the patreon show notes at uh, patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life this is pretty much what i would imagine you're expecting that is a giant book <laughs> that book is too large for a man that is, that book is probably the size of his what torso yeah larger if I found the first ever Italian Bible, by the way, I would straight up change the name of the lead to Rory and just say that in the translation, I'd be like, oh, yours is Jesus. That's weird. I found the first ever Italian Bible and it actually says Rory. So then everyone's like, oh, my God, it's you. So vain. <laughs> but there's a lot of people called Jesus in the world. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's almost the most popular name in some cultures. I'm just saying I've never it met a guy called Jesus. Yeah, well, that's because you don't have any friends from that part of the world. You're not from there, but it doesn't make them... For your information, I have very few friends in this part of the world. So how does that make you feel? Because it makes me feel like shit. You're making everything about you. Literally. <laughs> You're rewriting the Bible to be about you. He was even reportedly investigated by the FBI for possession of books with hidden knowledge encrypted using the Bacon Cipher, a method devised by Francis Bacon in the 1600s. See, he did it. No. <laughs> I bet that was already a, a way to decipher something. And then he's like, really? Because I heard it was called the Bacon Cipher. After me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be the Jesus? Shut up! <laughs> yeah, it's like, wouldn't it just be easier to change your name to Jesus than change the original Bible <laughs> to Rory? Shit, that's actually pretty smart. Not only did Francis Bacon help invent the scientific method, but it is believed by some that he actually wrote some of Shakespeare's works. Come on. And encoded within them hidden messages. So you think, like, instead of the Merchant of Venice, it was really supposed to be, like, the spaceship of Venus? There's, like, hidden paranormal clues in the text? There could be. Hmm, interesting. Bacon was, despite being a man of science, he was also a purveyor of the occult, rumored to be an alchemist. Ooh. The type of people that were trying to turn dirt into gold or some shit, whatever they do. Whatever the hell Dumbledore did at that crazy-ass school. Frickin' private school that all politicians go to. What is it, Eaton? <laughs> Could you imagine if you just, like, you were like Harry Potter and you turned 10 years old? Oh, Harry, the owl has arrived. You've been you've been invited to go to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. And it's like, dun, 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 you know, get the train there. Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. the students are arriving and you come in, you come in, and then <laughs> door slams, Dumbledore's on a podium, <laughs> chucking out shovels. And he's like, you best start mining dirt, boys, because it's got gold mine coming. <laughs> and you just realize that you've been trapped in the biggest child labor camp in the world. You best start believing in Hogwarts <laughs> camp for children because you're living in it. After, you know, you've been trying to turn <laughs> dirt into gold for several days now, Dumbledore's walking past one of the, the concentration lines. And you're like, Dumbledore, like, please, like, when are we going to learn how to do real magic? And it's like, soon you'll all be able to do this. Pulls like <laughs> a pound coin out from behind his ear. It's like, we saw <laughs> you. Like, it was really badly done as well. You could see it in his hand. <laughs> Ignore that <laughs> car shooting out of his wrists and everything. <laughs> He hasn't managed to turn an ounce of dirt into gold yet. You turn around and see the Hogwarts sign of witchcraft and, and wizardry drop down to reveal the Hogwarts school of shitcraft and misery. You're like, why would you write how bad it is on a sign? <laughs> you obviously believe that then. <laughs> you know it's bad. It's like, I should have known something was wrong when that owl that delivered the, the letter was so malnourished. <laughs> He's just like, <gasps> like one droopy eye, like letters kind of like scratchily wrote, like you'd get a letter from a Nigerian prince asking for money. <laughs> well, this mysterious merchant of rare books, Voynich, purchased 30 manuscripts from the Mondragon archives. Little did he know that hiding in these 30 was a book like no other known to some as the most mysterious text of all time, a text that would swallow entire careers and elude understanding by some of the smartest people in history. When Voynich opened this manuscript for the first time, he couldn't believe his eyes. I think I know what it is. Want to say it on three? <laughs> okay. One, One two, two, three. Twilight. What? what? You think that... Why do you look shocked? Twilight's Sorry. a really I, recent book. I was book. like 99% sure it was going to be the first book in the Twilight saga. Which was written, what, in this millennium? Yeah. I mean, it was, like, it was last 10 Vampires years. Vampires are old as shit. It's hard to date. I told you this is like 19, what, like 1904 <laughs> or some shit? Yeah, yeah. Again, vampires you are old. You don't think that's vampires a Vampires are old. Okay. What can I say? Sorry, I just I thought it was going to be Twilight. 
And you thought that was one of the most mysterious books of all time. Hell yes. swallowed careers. I guess it did swallow careers. <laughs> You're right, actually. <laughs> Shit, holy crap. Oh my I, God. An alternate title was Twilight and New Dawn. Wow. Yeah. They even had the hashtag, Team Jacob, right on the front. Oh my God, this is, wow. Page after page of this manuscript, written in a beautiful but completely unknown language. It looked like a written human language, but unlike any he'd... Unlike any he'd <laughs> seen before! It sounded like you are going really big with it. The power of a good story took me over! <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> it looked like a written human language, but unlike any he had seen before. The letters ran from left to right, like English... And the letters indeed made up words, like any regular language, but there was no apparent punctuation. Alongside the writing were beautiful illustrations. They seemed to depict the natural world, plants, humans, diagrams of living things. Just emojis. And the... <laughs> Smiley faces. Frowny faces. <laughs> A salsa dancing woman. <laughs> A cowboy hat. The cosmos, stars, planets and constellations all depicted, except... Everything was a little off. The plants weren't identifiable. Like Android emojis. Like kind of weird versions of the ones you usually weird see. Weird and bad. Yeah. The plants weren't identifiable, although they looked highly similar to exotic plants. The stars and planets, they didn't actually correspond to the stars and planets around the Earth today. To try and recreate some of the same viewing experience that Voynich had... I have here to show you some scans from the original manuscript. Wow, this is incredible. So this is some real first-hand evidence. Image one. We have some slightly bizarre looking plants. Yeah, looks like two very close-up sketchings of sugar puffs on the top of the page <laughs> with some text in the middle, and some seaweed-like bushes at the bottom. Here we have one of the fold-out sections. It was um, actually a scratch and sniff. Um, with little interactive tabs you could pull. very dare you. Yeah, these are some of the kind of constellation mandala-style illustrations. This is a pretty low-res image, actually. Wow, it's still a very detailed drawing. Very. It's a very talented artist that drew that. Here is a kind of example of the writing, so you can get a feel for how human it looked, but how it doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. So it it does look kind of old-timey, um, you know, there's a certain amount of calligraphy that went into this. Mm-hmm. It just looks like gibberish English. Yeah, it actually reminds me of... Gibberish. Like... Uh, Jinglish. Like, Sorry, I'll stop. Elvish. <laughs> or, you know, remember in Lord of the Rings, the kind of Elvish that's written on the ring when it yes. like heats up? Um, it kind of looks like that. Some of the letters look like English letters, but not quite. Which is crazy, by the way. I mean, if you have a ring that powerful... You should write in full English what it does. In block capitals. You would have saved people a lot of time. Like when Frodo got that bad boy, none of this throw it in the fire bullshit. He picks Mm. it up and it's like, turns you invisible. It's like, wow, I should really protect this. Not any of this like, oh, throw it in the fire. Then the text glows. Then get an old man to translate it. Then we'll figure... No, it it turns you invisible. And if it's a magic ring, why can't... You know, the language just, like, changed, right? Yeah, no one speaks that Elvish anymore, so let's put it in common tongue or whatever the shit they called it. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. 
Now to those listening at home, I know this makes bad podcasting, but these images are available again in the show notes on Patreon. And this manuscript was no short read at over 240 pages in length with folding out sections like we just saw and illustrations on almost every page. Whatever the author wanted to encode in this was huge. The first puzzle was the script's age. How old could it be? The mysterious language meant one of two things. Either the book was so ancient it was written in a forgotten language, encoded with mysteries we may never understand, or the book was modern and a hoax. Can't you date the paper? Isn't that something that scientists can do? Not back in like the early 1900s. Right. That shit hadn't been made up yet. Fair enough. But luckily, there were records of the book throughout history. What we do know is that Holy Roman Emperor Rudolf II bought the book himself 500 years ago for two kilos of gold. Jesus, that red-nosed bastard. It's not. He... What? Yeah, well, it's Rudolf II, so I guess it's Rudolf the reindeer's son. Predecessor after that jet engine shoomped him. So that makes sense. What jet engine? (laughs) Thought that was common knowledge. Oh? Like, you know how it's like... Rudolph the Red. No, I can't. I don't want to do the whole song, but I'll just, you know, skip for okay, a little we'll bit. Skip and it. one foggy Christmas Eve. Santa. Again, I don't mm-hmm. know why I started then. It's still so much more to go. Um, uh, then all the reindeer loved him and they shouted out with glee. Quite a, quite a lot more to go. Rudolph the Red nosed reindeer. You'll go down in his story. Look out for the fucking plane! And that was, that's the, uh, like, the full version that my dad used to sing to me. Really? And then Rudolph shoomf, straight in. What, he screamed the end of it? Yeah. Every time? Up the chimney. It was like a tradition that we used to do to warn Santa. But we lost several reindeer that year, and that's why this is probably Rudolph II. But we have no idea who Holy Roman Emperor Rudolph II bought it from, or why. Basically, it was passed on through various owners over the next hundred years before it ended up with the Jesuits. What are your thoughts right now? Imagine you're Voynich himself. Is this book from an alternate dimension written by an ancient secret society are the plants of alien origin i don't know these are huge leaps to be making by the way right off the bat like i think if you're someone who's collected weird manuscripts and mysterious books from the past this probably isn't the first time you've come across something weird if you didn't know the origin of it yeah but is it the first time he's seen something in a language Elvish. that is completely unidentifiable as any other language? It probably is. Does that mean it is necessarily paranormal? No. It could have been written by a lunatic. We don't know these things so far. And also, Fair. if you don't know what the book is saying, it's weird to jump to conclusions that it is saying anything mysterious. But what do you make of... It seems to depict, like an encyclopedia, plants, life, animals, stars and constellations that are not our own. I mean, yeah, that's pretty weird. But I mean, I could do that right now on a sheet of paper. That doesn't make it. And write Gorbelaben right beside it. These are fair accusations. (laughs) You know? And ones that other people had. Well, needless to say... Voynich didn't really know where to begin. You could imagine he tried deciphering it himself, but simple attempts were doomed. He realized that if he wanted any hope of understanding it, he would need to enlist the help of the best in the biz. He actually spent the next seven years hunting down the greatest minds in the world, trying to decode the bastard. But one by one, 
Linguists shook their heads in defeat. There were just too many holes. People hypothesized it was an encyclopedia of plants and animals on another continent, but it didn't match anywhere. Some people said it was a hoax, but one attempt to recreate the book by hand took something like three to four years to do. Jesus. Because it's many hundreds of thousands of characters. Right. Which would be a crazy commitment to a simple hoax. And the idea that it was a code could still be true. But even hundreds of years after its creation, it seemed still impossible to hack. Even decades later, after the Second World War, a team of world-famous cryptologists, including William Friedman, who cracked the Japanese Purple Code during wartime, were drafted in for an even greater battle than World War II, decoding the Voynich Manuscript. Him staring at a sheet of paper for hours, and it just is like... Purple War 2. <laughs> Staring there for hours and hours, and it's like, my God, it's it's world! Purple is world! It's like, the war is over. <laughs> it's been he's, over for he's years. stranded on a, a remote island in the Pacific. <laughs> it's the 70s. And then he, like, phones up one of the colonels, like, Colonel, like, I cracked it, I know what it is! And it's like, we all know what it is. I think you're the only one in the purple who doesn't know what this is. What? We all say it now! We say it for world! <laughs> Your wife and kids have been trying to contact you for 30 years. <laughs> you're green and blue, don't know where you are! What's, what? More codes! <laughs> It'll take me the rest of my life to figure these out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Right. But these world-famous cryptologists tried everything, but even they couldn't make a dent. But if it wasn't a code, that left another potentially paranormal explanation. Is it a real language? 
A language of a lost civilization? A time traveler? Dimension hopper? Mm. Or a grey? Mm. Back in 1912, this question was purely speculative, but as technology advanced, new techniques became possible. Linguists and data scientists teamed up to apply statistical analysis to the text and disturbingly found it makes sense. Whoa. I mean, they still don't know what it means, but statistically, this was a perfectly devised language. It wasn't gobbledygook. The distribution of letters, the frequency and variation of vowel sounds versus consonants within words, the size of vocabulary and the word selection used across dozens of different topics all resembled a natural language. Not only is the writing so complex as to be improbably made up, but the entire theory of language and statistical analysis you would have to know to recreate this did not exist in the 1500s. I assume to sort this out, they got like a team of 20 scientists Mm -hmm. in the modern day in a laboratory, all just, you know, examining the book day and night. Mm. And then one, the janitor of the lab, like walks up, you know, cleaning up after a late night shift and they're all still staring at the book. God, I wonder like how many secrets are tangled in this, you know, unconquerable code. And he just walks over and turns the book the right way up. (gasps) Get the president on the phone. Jesus! <laughs> it reads in perfectly normal English. Lena, <laughs> you are the you're chosen the one. one. The only one <laughs> wise enough to unlock the code. And now it is time to distill the wisdom of the sacred text onto you. Edward Cullen was no normal boy. <laughs> His vampire family had moved to the small... T- it's twilight. It was Twilight the whole the time. Greatest <laughs> the greatest book of all time. time. You can't call yourself that. You can't print that in the book. <laughs> you sound you just, sound like, just a like a team, Edward. Edward. The book's about Edward. <laughs> Come on. He's obviously the hottest. <laughs> so what we're dealing with here is some seriously complex language that does make sense. It seems impossible that anyone could have hoaxed this, at least in the past. And at this point, naysayers have said, impossible. This cannot be true. Surely Voynich himself, the sneaky bastard, created this as a hoax and claimed it was hundreds of years old just to sell books. Never even thought about that. Until 2009, when Arizona University finally carbon dated the book. Now we got the technology, let's put this thing under the microscope wow. and find out for real if that I call him a bastard again. <laughs> Please that do. That sneaky son of a bitch truly hoaxed us. And not only did they find the book is old, it's older than first imagined. They actually dated it to the year 1404. This means there's at least a hundred years from its creation to being bought by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Emperor, <laughs> where we don't know where it was or who had it. Jeez. Basically, we know that it is definitively not a hoax. It is too complex, too old, right, and too painstakingly difficult to recreate to have been a hoax. So this places it in the camp of either some sort of unknown mysterious paranormal explanation or it is a uncracked code. Luckily, as technology is always advancing, we now have tools at our disposal that weren't even available in 2009, which is why in order to understand this alien grey diary, scientists have got Siri on the job. That's right, AI had a go. And 
Our listeners might have seen the headlines this year that the Voynich manuscript mystery has been solved by AI. That no was, one saw this, by the way. I guarantee you nobody saw this. No one saw this on crystallinks.com. I beg to differ. The most reputable news site in the current day, right next to Infowars.com. I'll have you know that a lot of uh, New York Times journalists actually moonlight as crystallink.com <laughs> writers. So it's actually pretty f***ing reputable. But I wanted to set the record straight that whilst they did work out using AI, that if you arrange the words in a certain way and give each letter a Hebrew character, you can read some of the script in ancient Hebrew. But it is far from cracked, as Hebrew scholars don't even agree with this assessment. And the aliens who wrote the book might have just learned ancient Hebrew in order to write this after all. That's a big leap, by the way. Also, it sounds like Siri hasn't cracked it then. No, Siri- if it's unreadable. <laughs> that, that, that's what like I mean. Siri's done very little. Yeah, journalists really ran with the headline on that one. I don't know why in my head as well, them getting Siri on it is just putting the book down and go, Siri, decipher. <laughs> Translate. Yeah. Setting an alarm for one P. No, Siri. <laughs> Calling Decipher. mom. No, Siri. God. <laughs> Calling Voynich manuscript. No. What? What? <laughs> what? Scientists. Scientists. You, you have called. <laughs> what? That's all we had to do? <laughs> Today, the archive that houses the manuscript receives thousands of emails a month from would-be cryptologists who claim to have cracked the code. However, only one man has succeeded. Indiana Jones. What? Apparently in the Indiana Jones books, he decoded the Voynich manuscript and used it to find the location of the Philosopher's Stone. Wow, that's dope as hell. I didn't even know there were Indiana Jones books. Yeah, so we know it's canon. But is it true? Alien diary? Interdimensional handbook? Encyclopedia from a lost civilization? What do you think this thing is? Well, kid, it's interesting. I actually have a little bit of experience as a code breaker myself. Really? When I was younger, I used to read a series called, do you remember the Artemis Fowl book series? Uh, I don't think I read them as a child. I was aware of them. I think they're turning them into movies now, a wow. series of movies. Uh, but the books were about a young rich boy who basically killed fairies. Really? <laughs> Pretty twisted, I don't know I say it out loud. a little shit thing to do. Yeah. Um, Use all that cash to hunt fairies? But basically, in the, the novel series, in every single book, they had a different fairy language, quote unquote. Oh. Uh, that at one point, you'd always see an entire message written out in fairy mm -hmm. that a character in the book would then be able to translate into English. Mm. Now, if you were one of the eagle-eyed, gifted students like I was you notice that at the bottom of every single page, there were lines of fairy illustrations down at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So basically what you could do when you were finished with the book was translate all the, the text at the bottom of every single page of the Artemis Fowl book to reveal a secret message left in fairy. God damn. And what did it reveal? What was the, the secret message of the fairies? It was literally like... If you are reading this, congratulations. Jesus. Like, you are a half-blood or whatever, <laughs> like half-fairy, half-human. And it was, you know, it was basically everything that a kid growing up reading these books wanted to hear. Yeah. It was basically, you're special. You're not a normal human. You're a beast. <laughs> like, you're, you're talented. You're all smart, regards. You're sexy. 
yeah. you got a hog you're you're gonna smash it in the future all this kind of stuff yeah and like protect the earth because you are a super child wow. basically um so i reckon I, I like i don't think those skills have perished with age i reckon if i had a swing at this book i'd be able to tell you exactly what it says a very interesting idea. If you want, I can pull up some of the actual excerpts from the book here. I believe there's like a high definition PDF scan offered by Yale University. So we could just fire some up right now and just see what you... Call my bluff. <laughs> there is no Artemis Fowl novel series. I made the whole thing up. <laughs> I carved my own language into the bark of a tree telling the world I was a badass. That's all that happened. <laughs> So I have to transport myself back into the mind of a 14-year-old boy, scared and alone, with his only friend being the warmth embrace of the book that told him he was special. Come on, Rory. Come on. And I'm going to link to this in the, again, the Patreon show notes, a high-quality version of the Voynich manuscript in all its glory. So you can... Uh, have a crack at trying to break the code here, um, but I'm sure Rory is about to crack it for us anyway. But you, you know, you can you can double check his work. Yeah, don't big me up too much though. You're really bigging me up, and I'm feeling a lot of pressure now. Uh, I mean, it's I, I'm not bigging you up. It's just that I you know we went to Paranormal pressure. University and we studied every language under the sun. I mean, I know it gets a little rusty over time, but we studied ancient Hebrew, exactly. Latin, Greek, uh, all of the classical Freaking languages, French. Yeah. So. Um, Hopefully, if anyone's going to get this, we can get this. I'll just let you have a scroll through the first few pages of the manuscript here. I actually got pretty bonjour at French by the end. Arigato very much. This is a blank page. That's the front ah, dusty cover. Sorry, yeah, I knew that. I could see it here, actually. Second page. If the first one is cracks, what is this one? Yale University Library. I oh, know that that's like the Gift. that's it hasn't started yet. That's the that's intro. English. That's yeah. the, the no. All right. Yeah. Cool. No. Sorry. Here we are. Yeah. Okay. Gibberish here. Gift of Hans P. Kraus. That's English. That's English again. Still English. We're still. It's the same page. I just realized. Sorry. You, you won't be able to just read it naturally because it's not your natural language. You won't uh, know it right either away. was fairy kit, and I did pretty damn good at that. I think you'll find I'm a half blood, so this shit comes pretty naturally to me. What the. F is that it's all it's all wrong that now this is i don't i i can't make head or tail of this really now this is weird this is like a whole another language I regret, or something i regret <laughs> yeah it is i regret making this up this at this is point insane yeah how that's kind of I, what i've been saying for the never entire podcast this in a million years <laughs> definitely fake i can't i can't make head or tail of it this is borderline foreign <laughs> There are some really interesting drawings here of plants where, like, the first couple of plants, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? That's a bush. Like, mm. this is, that's like just a, a, a weed very close up. Some of these plants are really weird, like two branches coming out of tubes that look like they go down into the ground, like arteries. Oh, those are roots. Sorry, I just realized what that is. Um, one of them just has a heart. There's like a beating heart in the ground and a tree like popping out of it. There's a lot of weird stuff in this mm -hmm. book. We should definitely post these uh, in the research notes because, man, I... Definitely. And also, there are a lot of pages of this. Lots of pictures of plants. Oh, my Christ, there is so much. It is my hope and dream that by outsourcing the Voynich manuscript itself in PDF form to our paranormal nation of listeners, which frankly ranks, if we're being honest, in the dozens, that we will be finally able to crack this code. Yeah. What the hell is that? Have you seen this little circle thing? That's some alchemy shit. Look at these little naked babies in the middle. 
Trying to summon flowers? Woo! Yeah, it's weird because it also looks like a pencil sketch. Like they just like off the top of their dome, yeah, on the back of a napkin and print sticked it in there. They were just like, yeah, page twenty eight. We'll do the heart plant. Page twenty nine. You know, we got this little, um, you know, this nice plant that kind of like grows underground. Page thirty. Baby demon summon signal. How to summon a veggie baby? (laughs) Yeah, it gets really weird really fast. But. This podcast is not just for wild speculation and shitty podcasting where we just talk about something we're looking at that our listeners can't see. This is for coming down to hard and fast conclusions about whether things are paranormal or not. So in the case of the Voynich manuscript, what is your conclusion? I don't want to be the person to go around putting, you know, Voynich manuscript words in people's mouths. But I think we're looking at a goddamn bona fide alien grey uh diary cool nothing about aliens in the book at all or grace it's all plant-based by the way stars you think stars are gray based there's planets too yeah uh, yeah i've been beaten down so much <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna argue that planets that's my <laughs> tactic is that the book <laughs> so are you saying that you're gonna go on the line and claim that this ancient text is from paranormal origin All right, you call my bluff. I don't know what this is. Right. I think this is an unsolved mystery for sure. I don't think we have enough evidence to say it's paranormal. I would agree with that. I think that means this is a no today. It's a no from me. A double no on whether the Voynich manuscript is a paranormal case. Um, Definitely mysterious. It's one of the only cases where it's, it's still completely wide open. I... I don't think anyone has any yeah, that's conclusions insane. on this. So I think that just about wraps it up for this particular case. But if you do have your own interpretations, your own theories on the Voynich manuscript, please send them into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. As I said throughout the episode, the show notes will be made available for this episode shortly on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, where from just two bucks a month, you can get access to the show notes to every episode. And if you go a little bit higher, five bucks a month, you get bonus episodes. And beyond that, we're into merchandise. And then top tier, we will give you the word needed to decipher all of the research notes so you can actually comprehend them. They're written in uh, Elvish. I didn't mention that bit. You have to throw your laptop onto an open fire and the words will translate into English, much like the ring. We do not run advertisements on the podcast. It's certainly the best way to support us if you're enjoying the podcast is to hit us up on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. And if you want to stay in touch with us, you can hit us up on the socials twitter.com forward slash this para life facebook.com forward slash this paranormal life we always have the secret society where listeners to the podcast are hanging out and um sharing paranormal theories basically and again we don't run ads at all on this podcast but just chompies in store now the new range of cereal available from to, to be eaten in the bowls to be had the chompies Make every day an adventure. Keith's texting you. Shit, I don't know why he's texting again. you How's he, so fast. How does he know when I've, I've done it bad? Oh my God. Is he mad? He's so pissed. I'm not even mad at this point. I just want to know. I don't even... Do you mind if I... Really Bye. quick. Just okay. like two minutes. You're going to call him? Just, yeah, I have to really call this. Okay. I don't know. What's the time in North Korea? Holy shit. Keith. Yeah. It's four in the morning, actually. Yeah. You have... He's, he's got a bug. What? He's, he's bugged it. We record the podcast. Why does he need to record us? <laughs> he knows. 
He knows I f***ed it. I, we can just re-record it. It's not live yet. It's not live yet, Keith. We can read. That's how the podcast works. He That's too much. I won't be able to pay rent if you dock it that much. I don't think he knows what a podcast is. Keith? He sounds like a loan shark at this point. Yeah, he hung up. He's really pissed about that thing, though. He's a criminal, I think. Well, he's a criminal, and I owe him a lot of money, which is a bad person to owe, apparently. A North Korean war criminal. Because I'll tell you, I don't think Keith is real name. Every week, we like to shout out those who have supported us on Patreon right here in the show. Here we are. Let's go. Thank you to Lee Lombardi. Dale. Lee Lombardi Dale, a man as dangerous as the beverage himself, itself. He probably, this guy probably rides around in a motorcycle with no helmet. Exactly, probably doesn't even tie his shoelaces and runs with scissors and knives. Maybe even no shoes for all we know. Exactly, but still, scissors and knives. Thank you for donating to the podcast. Much appreciated, Lee. Thank you to Simply Darren. Darren, without you, our pockets would be barren. So we really appreciate you chucking a couple coins in the bucket of the paranormal peasants. We can pay rent in the commune, which obviously goes to us because we we own it. But uh, there's actually not a lot of people here at the minute. So we keep raising taxes, which docks our pay. So it's this weird cycle of being poor and sad. Uh, so again, if you want to come to the paranormal commune, definitely come check it out. You're welcome, Darren. Thank you, too. Laws B. I feel like for the first time, this donator has found a place where she belongs. What? (laughs) She belongs. She belongs with us. And I feel like we belongs with her. So I think it's a good match. And I appreciate her support. Thank you too. Leighton. Better Leighton never. That's right. We were closing the doors to the paranormal commune when Leighton blocks it with the blade of his katana and he said room for one more welcome aboard (laughs) like are you going to kill us or (laughs) and that's right there will be uh, i should have mentioned there is going to be a uh, samurai class within the commune absolutely we're going to install an edo period authentic japanese class system absolutely Um, you will be assigned a class and you will have to stick to it or else punishment by death really Exactly. They said it was irresponsible to build a small village with one public bathroom, 17 houses, and 23 Benihanas. But we did it anyway. Thank you too. Sophie Jonasson. That's right. Trophy Sophie has joined the Paranormal Commune. I believe she's just about top of her league in every sport she turned her goddamn mitts to so exactly hopefully uh we can enlist your skills for training up a um a crack team of commune soldiers i mean y- you know uh, peacemakers cult soldiers right cult, no no that's commune, worse that, not that <laughs> commune lovers not fighters yeah who know how to fight though because you're gonna need to know how to fight exactly <laughs> the outside not the inside so we know you <laughs> We know we can count on you, Trophy Sophie. Thank you, too. Jordan Baird. Jordan, don't be scared. There's a place for you. And as we have described, it is a place where conspiracy theorists, samurai, fans of Benihana can all come together under one giant tin hat roof and discuss the paranormal. Remember, guys, if you believe it, it's real. Welcome to the Paranormal Commune. Thank you too. Nathan Lane. 
Nathan Lane. I want to bowl right down you, Nathan. That sounded weirdly sexual. What, what, I, what I meant to say was, I want to bowl you all the way down the street, right into the doors of the paranormal commune. Make sure you get there day one, though, because that's tax day. And that needs to pay for a lot of the deposits on the swords that we, I mean, we are talking dump trucks of historically period correct samurai swords that are that are just spewing on the floor now because we we have nowhere to put them frankly it's all just benihanas we really need to work on the jingle for tax day yeah i think we might work on that if anyone has a good jingle for that just sidebar sidebar really quick i feel like we're we're painting the cult in a bad way it just it doesn't sound that great i think, think maybe we over the benny hannah thing i think that's a bit much mm, 23 might be too many maybe might be too many i don't know i know the samurai can eat but i don't know if they can eat that much i don't know if they'd even appreciate the fanfare that actually seems like more of an insult to their samurai ways they are quite humble people and flicking a shrimp into your chef hat is probably like the biggest f- you a samurai it could be so uh let's just try and just cut, let's keep it light let's big, big it up uh, cut that though make sure you cut of course part, right? uh, it's gonna be great man i wanna uh bring you bring the bowling balls mr mr lane what was his name <laughs> mr lane mr lane bring the balls come along it's gonna be great Woo! hell yeah and thank you lastly but not leastly to joseph kirk Captain Kirk, welcome to the Paranormal Commune. Make sure you bring that SS Enterprise ship of yours because we're going to be blasting through time, space, and blasting you all the way back to the to the this period of the samurai. <laughs> the most mysterious time of all. That's right. We're going to take man, woman, and child upon the Enterprise. We've located a small but viable wormhole that we trust will take us back to 1500s japan yeah there is at this point there is a 90 percent chance that's what it is we have a an astrophysicist on retainer here in the commune already and he assures us sensei mark also a samurai <laughs> sensei mark believes it's totally possible so yeah you if, when you walk through the paranormal gates it, you are granted official license to wield the sword you're 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 gifted the title of samurai Every civilian in the paranormal commune is officially a samurai or ninja. That's part of the fun. <laughs> Figuring it out. <laughs> so that wraps up the uh, shout outs for this week. If you haven't heard your name shouted out just yet and you are a Patreon supporter, that's because your shout out's still coming. We're getting to it. So thanks for being patient. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to tune in next week for a brand new paranormal tale. And in the meantime, remember to... Live fast. Inve- die. Oh, investig- shit. I always forget that so, one. I think I'm it's so eager to just die. Skip it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Sorry. Live fast. Investigate. Oh, I did it again. Sorry. God. <laughs> Keith okay. is going to be pissed. Shit. <laughs> Live fast. Investigate. No. Die, die young. If you believe though. it, <laughs> it's real. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 